Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. This week it's the fabulous Hannah Watson. Hello, you. Hello, Jill. How are you this week? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Very, very well. Although I'm a little bit nervous. (laughs) Why is that? (laughs) Hannah, I'm going to be 40 next week. I can't believe that at all. You just don't look it one bit. Oh, well, you can come back on the show anytime. <laughs> Are you going to do anything special? Yes, actually. My husband is taking me to Monte Carlo. Oh, wow. Yes. So uh, we're going away for a long weekend, so I can hardly wait. But uh, I'm on the Monte Carlo diet at the moment, so I'm walking. <laughs> I'm trying to lose my Christmas bum. You know what it's like. So uh, No, but I'm looking forward to it very much. It's the only part of being 40 I'm looking forward to. But uh, honestly, I, I don't feel 40. I feel kind of 60. <laughs> oh, no, I don't believe that. I think 40 is a good decade. You've kind of got your stuff together. You're sort of sure of who you are. I think it's a good time. And how old are you? 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, I'll speak to you in 10 years' time, Adam. We'll see how you feel about this conversation. But listen, uh, you're joining us from Take a Break magazine. You've obviously got a fantastic new issue that is uh, out on Thursday. But the the, uh, last week's issue is still on the go. And uh, you're reading us a brilliant story. And uh, this is Two Hearts, One Vow. Yeah, okay. So this is a bit of a weepy one. Um, Hand in hand, two figures stood side by side, a wooden bunk, tears rolling down their cheeks. They were only young, but inside their hearts were breaking. Slowly, the woman on the bed reached out a hand. Her eyes glistened and she was no longer afraid. She whispered, look after your brother, my daughter. And then she died. For Edith Zinn, nine, and her little brother Zoltan, five, the loss of their mother was devastating. But in many ways, it was a release from the hell that was their lives. It was April 1945 and Europe was in the grip of war. Millions had died and Jewish families like the Zins had been rounded up and taken to extermination camps. Their home was now a place called Bergen-Belsen in northern Germany. It was hell on earth. There they lived in squalor with 50,000 other inmates surrounded by thousands of corpses. Their mother was now one of them, leaving the two little children alone in the world. But later that day, something astonishing happened. British soldiers came to the camp, and now the desperate inmates of Belson were liberated. The Red Cross arrived to help the starving and the dying, and among them was an Irish doctor called Bob Collins. While treating inmates, he asked the children, Where is your father? Little Zoltan replied, My father is dead. You're my father now. Devastated by the horrors he saw, Bob picked up Zoltan and Edith, along with three other children, and walked out of the camp. Finally, the children were free, but Edith did not forget the promise she'd made to her mother to look after Zoltan all the days of her life. Bob tried to contact the children's families but failed, so after medical treatment, Edith and Sultan were taken to Ireland, where they settled with Bob and his wife and two sons. From the beginning, the children were lavished with more love than they thought they'd ever feel again. The Collises were all the family they needed. Still, Edith and Sultan stole moments together to speak about the parents they'd lost. Until they were four and eight, they had lived happily in Slovakia. Then the country had been invaded by Nazi Germany. Edith and Zoltan's father, a Jewish labourer, had gone into hiding. Their mother, who was not Jewish, had been told to turn her back on him to save herself. She'd refused. And one day there was a knock at the door. The German soldiers had come. The whole family was taken first to Ravenbrook concentration camp, where the children's father died, and then to Belsen. Their baby sister and older brother died. Then their mother had lost her fight on the very day the camp was liberated. 
What if the Red Cross had come one day earlier, Sultan would wonder. Would she have survived? The question whirled around their minds, but Edith knew that they had to look to the future. Day by day, she taught Sultan to be strong. The two children was, went to school together, where they remained close. Edith was a caring, generous girl, holding close her mother's words. She left school and became a nurse. Sultan became a hotel manager in County Wexford. He was strict with his workers and ran his fingers along the walls to check for dust. But one colleague caught his eye. Her name was Joan, and when he was 21, they became a couple. After almost a year, Zoltan said, Is it time we got married? They had a beautiful church ceremony followed by a reception at a restaurant. Edith attended and watched on proudly as her brother became a father of four daughters, Siobhan, Caroline, Nicola and Emma. Zoltan was firm. He taught his girls the value of manners. He wasn't keen on socialising. Instead, he preferred to be at home with his family. But Edith never married or had children. Instead, she spent her life caring for others, devoting herself particularly to Zoltan and his family. The pair spoke on the phone daily and sent each other long letters. Edith visited Zoltan's home regularly. Each time she'd say, how's my brother? It didn't matter that he was a grown man with children of his own. To her, he was forever that five-year-old boy standing beside the body of his mother. Throughout their lives, Zoltan and Edith never spoke a word of their family to their families about what had happened to them, but they'd only have to glance to one another and a world of pain would pass silently between them. Now and again, however, something would happen that and the agony would resurface. It might be an item on the radio or something in the paper, and Sultan's eyes would prick with tears. Joan could see it, but she didn't want to ask. She knew that this was a horror only Sultan and Ida understood. Then as the 50th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz approached, a television company asked Sultan to share his story, and for the first time he agreed. He was visited by an interviewer, and slowly the memories emerged. Sultan said, there were corpses all around us and my father and baby sister were dead and my mother was dying and there was nobody to tell me what to do or where to go. I was never a child. Normal children had fun. When I was a child, my home was balsam. The games I played, I played around 20,000 rotting corpses waiting to be buried. But with no one to bury them, I was a child in years only. I slept in one of the beds, which was only part of my home. After that, along with Susie Diamond, another Belson survivor who had come to Ireland with Bob, Sultan returned to the camp to be filmed. It hit him hard and the trip worsened his health, but it also gave him the determination to share his story more, wildly, more widely. He went to schools to give talks, then wrote a book called Final Witness, My Journey from the Holocaust to Ireland. Edith was immensely proud of him and supported him in every way, but she could never bring herself to speak about her experiences. Years passed and Sultan's family grew. He became a grandfather and Edith became a doting great-aunt. But despite their years, a part of them was always in the past. Two lost little children. One Christmas, Sultan was getting ready to take his grandchildren out to buy their Christmas presents. He was in his bedroom getting dressed and Joan realised he'd been in there for a long time. When she opened the door to see what he was doing, she found him. He'd died aged 72. Devastated, his daughter visited Edith to tell her the news. She hurried to the family home the next day to say goodbye to her little brother. She sat with him, sharing a last moment alone with the brother she'd cared for all of her life. Then she attended his funeral. Afterwards, she stayed on at the family home with Joan. But one morning, she didn't come down to breakfast. Joan and Caroline went to her bedroom and knocked on the door. A silence followed and the woman exchanged a glance. Go downstairs, Mum, Caroline said. I'll check. She went inside and it was just as she'd feared. Edith had passed away, aged 76. It was 17 days since Sultan had died. Joan knew why. 
Edith's work was done. She'd made a promise to her mother and she had kept it for 67 years right until the end. Edith Zinn Collins was laid to rest beside her beloved brother. It was only right. After all, the two had lived their lives in one another's hearts. Now they'd spend eternity together. Do you know, it's just, it's so tragic. It's so incredibly tragic. You know, what happened back then? And it's hard to believe that it's within, you know, many people that are listening's lifetime. It is absolutely shocking. It really, really is. And, um, you know, she obviously, I I honestly believe that people can die of a broken heart. I really, really do. We we often hear stories like this where couples or siblings or someone who you share such a special bond with they pass away within days of each other it's just it's incredible it really is well Mm. Hannah honestly you've humbled us once again with uh, a fantastic story so incredibly interesting and it's just incredible what these people actually bring to even young people of today you know the stories that they have of that time and uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us today now obviously if anybody wants to get the current issue of Take a Break magazine it's out on the shelves now the brand new copy will be out on Thursdays but you still get time to get the uh, last week's issue if you want to take a look online you can also uh, look at the fully accessible website have you got the web address yes it's www.takeabreak.co.uk Hannah it's always a pleasure to have you on the program thank you so very much for joining us today here on the morning mix and we'll speak to you again soon bye there we go the gorgeous Hannah Watson from Take a Break magazine for more downloads like these visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.